The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What's happening this week on your favorite soap opera? It's time to talk about all the daytime drama on Soap Central Live with Dan J. Kroll. Get ready for the latest soap news, scoops, and recaps. Now, here's Dan. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. This is our last show of February 2013, if you can believe that. That also means that it's time for one of my favorite types of shows. It's the Fan Feedback Show. That's right. The phone lines are going to be open all hour long for you to call in and chat with me about anything and everything soap. So remember that the success of this show is dependent on you calling in to chat. Otherwise, we'll have an hour of silence or me humming elevator music versions of the latest pop hits, anything to pass the time. Let me give you the numbers that you can do your best to help us avoid that. It's 866-472-5788. Again, it's toll-free, 866-472-5788. We're talking about what's hot, what's not, your favorite characters, actors, couples, storylines, you name it, we're going to dish it. I'll also, though, be playing some of the recent calls that we've received to our 24-7 caller feedback line. You know that that's the number you can call any time of day or night when we're not on the air. Maybe you're watching your favorite soap and need to make a comment. Just push the pause button on your TiVo. Give us a call. You can record your message. You can also call in with any questions that you may have. As you'll hear during this hour, your comments could very well be broadcast right here on Soap Central Live. I'll give you that number at the end of the show because right now the only thing the only thing that you need to worry about is one number, and that's our call-in line for our live show. It's 866-472-5788, and I understand that we have a caller waiting on the line for us already from New York. She's called the show before. It's Kimberly. Kimberly, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hi. It's good to talk to you again. How are you, Kimberly? How are you doing? Uh, it's the start of the weekend. Are you ready for the weekend? Yes, I am. What about you? <laughs> well, as soon as I get through the show, I'll let you know. But as of right now, uh, I think I'm doing pretty good. But I know that you know everybody wants to talk about soap, so let's narrow it down to what soap would you like to talk about first? Um, well, I guess it would be um, the Young and the Restless. Okay. Um, so what's got you? What's got you uh, wanting to talk about the Young and the Restless? Is there a particular storyline? Well, yeah, um, I really think that this is the lowest that Victor has ever sunk, trying to get that kid, Mason, to mess around with Sharon's medication. I mean, who does that? That's so stupid. Like, that's going to get, like, that's going to get his company back. It's only going to make her look bad in the long run. 
I think, too, I mean, this is something that stranger things have happened in the real world. We hear about things like this all the time, people giving people the wrong medication or people poisoning people. Uh, look at the story a couple of months ago about the lottery winner in Chicago or the Chicago area. Somebody poisoned him so that he would die and they could claim his lottery ticket winnings. I mean, people do some crazy stuff. I know, and I think it's just awful. And I don't know why Chelsea doesn't tell Adam that she's expecting. He has a right to know. Maybe they will get back together if he finds out the truth. I mean, I would hate for him to hear it from Chloe because Chloe's such a busybody. Well, let me ask you something, Kimberly, because you'd mentioned that you think this is the lowest that Victor has ever gone. What are some of the other things <laughs> that you could recall him doing that you would say are bad but not as bad as this? Well, he had his daughter arrested on her wedding day he had Billy abducted and sent to a, a prison in a foreign country because he doesn't like Billy. Um, he has bullied his children, his wives. I mean, he all the time is making smart remarks to Jack. He gets mad at Abby when she sides with her uncle. I mean, that's his daughter, and that's the way he treats her. And he sent... Chloe, or not Chloe, I'm sorry, he sent Chelsea to seduce Adam, or seduce Billy, and it's like, that, that's horrible stuff. You don't do that to the people that you're supposed to care about. It's like, it's his way or no way, and I think that that needs to stop. It's gotten really old. Well, something that you mentioned, you're talking about Victor, and of course the actor who plays Victor is Eric Braden. Kimberly, while you're on the air here, I'm going to give you, this is, we're doing this all hour long as part of our call-in. We're announcing some of the nominees for this year's SoapCentral.com Awards, and maybe you'll find something interesting about this list. But the lead actor nominees are Peter Bergman, who plays Jack, Doug Davidson, who plays Paul, Billy J. Miller, who plays Billy, and Michael Muni, who plays Adam. For the yeah. first time in the 17 years that we've been doing this, Eric Braden was not nominated. Gee, I wonder why. Maybe fans are getting annoyed with his all the time being such a control freak and being just downright nasty to his family. And I but don't you, know why why that Mason kid listens to him. He sells his soul to the devil so that he can get a good job at Newman. I mean, is it worth trying to ruin somebody just to have a, a career? I mean, you know, I, I can't imagine. I'm sure people do that in real life, but I can't imagine that somebody would would do that just for the sake of having a job. I mean, no job is worth that. I think I'm going to put that as a question up on Twitter and Facebook. Our Twitter feed, of course, is at Soap Central Live. We're going to ask people some of the strangest things they've ever done for a job. Uh, we've got some other folks waiting to get in on the action here, Kimberly, so I'm going to thank you for your call, and hopefully we'll be able to talk to you again. I know that you love taking part in our call-in shows. Yes, I was on last week or something, and I never got through, so I'm glad I got through this time. We're definitely glad to get you through. We'll talk to you again soon. Okay. While we are waiting to get up to the next soap, I also want to read off our nominees for this year's SoapCentral.com Awards in the lead actress category. It's Sharon Case, who plays Sharon, Amelia Heinley, Victoria, 
Melody, Thomas Scott, Nikki Newman, and Michelle Stafford, who plays Phyllis. So there are your nominees for this year's lead categories in the SoapCentral.com Awards. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have a lot of folks who've called into our caller feedback line, and I want to play some of the calls that we received regarding The Young and the Restless. So let's take a listen. Yes, my name is Sandra Houghton. I have a question for The Young and the Restless specifically. How long are they going to continue to bring in new characters to this and put veteran actors and actresses on the back burner? My second one is, is how long are we going to have to deal with a couple of neighbory facts, P-H-A-C-K, and uh, when will they end? Um, the character that drives me crazy the most is Avery. I'm tired of how the writers have made her to be a saint, um, someone who is just um, pure without doubt, um, and there's definitely no flaws. I truly resent the way that they actually have had her turn against her sister. It's apparent she hasn't been a good sister um, to me. And I'm also very, very disappointed the way that the writers have completely forced pairings like Navery as well as Spack. Um, Phyllis and Jack are better as friends. They always have been friends. Um, the likelihood that Summer might be Jack is very disheartening to me because it would mean they would try to erase that entire um, seven years of great passion and interest that many of the fans have had with Phyllis and Nick, who are, without a doubt, a couple to me in daytime within the last um, seven years. So those are my comments, my questions, and thank you for the opportunity. Bye. Hi, my name is Arlene Miller. I'm calling from Boston, Massachusetts, and I'm very interested in the new way um, things are going on Young and the Restless about Nikki and her MS, the relapsing and remitting. Um, I have a family member who is going through the same thing right now, and I'm wondering how this is going to be played out, and I would just like to know about that. So um, hopefully something will be shown it may be something that is good for people with the type of MS that she has, and uh, otherwise it may not be. I'm hoping it's done with care and consideration. Thank you. Bye. Well, we'll take and comment on Arlene's question first. Certainly the risk that any soap has when they do any sort of medical storyline is being able to portray it realistically. Uh, we'll talk about The Bold and the Beautiful coming up later in the show, but certainly when Stephanie Forrester had lung cancer and uh, it was a very grim prognosis and all of a sudden it seemed to have gone away for a period of time, there were a lot of people who were concerned that it wasn't realistic. Now, I know that in an interview with TV Guide, Melody Thomas-Scott had talked a little bit about uh, Nikki's MS diagnosis and she said that when people hear MS they gasp and think that it's a death sentence and the plan with this story is to educate people that it's not that it's controllable with the proper treatment now for I know a lot of folks out there who have a loved one who is battling MS for me it's my father uh, you know, some people don't know exactly what MS is, and it is a chronic disease where your immune system attacks your central nervous system. There's little fatty protective casings that are around your nerve endings, and they end up getting attacked, and there are scars that are formed. That's where the sclerosis comes from. That's what it means. And as a result of that, you can have anything from a 
numbness in your limbs. Uh, it can be mild. It can be extreme. You can also have pain. There are instances of paralysis, loss of vision. And there are instances where this can progress. There can be different severities for different people. It's really sort of an unpredictable situation. And as you heard from the caller, the most common form of MS for about 85% of the people is called relapsing remitting. And that means that the person has a flare-up where they're having a lot of symptoms. And then they have a period that's calm where they can go back to almost normal or close to normal with sort of no symptoms at all. And then it comes back and can keep going on for, for years and years. And for some folks, there are uh, treatments for the symptoms, but there aren't necessarily any cures at this point in time. I know that one of the most common is something called beta-seron. It's something that my dad has been going through. You take different injections. Uh, you can get them to yourself in different places, and it's supposed to help sort of make some of these symptoms subside. So... It'll be interesting to see how this plays out, again, because uh, Melody Thomas-Scott said that she's not been let go. Of course, you know they could certainly use this later down the road if she decided that she wanted to leave the show. Uh, it'll be interesting to watch and see how that plays out, again, with any medical condition. I know that a lot of us are familiar with the jokes of brain tumors on soaps where you know they can have brain surgery, never even have to shave their head, and be back to normal within the course of maybe a week or two on soaps. So who knows? We'll have to wait and see how that is going. Now, I know that we need to move on to some of the other soaps because there are people who are on the line. We have another call clip from someone about Days of Our Lives. I want you to take a listen to this because we have a caller who is referenced in this clip, and we'll talk about that. So let's take a listen right now to our Days of Our Lives clip from Patty. Hi, my name is Patty Garcia. I am from Redmond, Oregon, and I love Days of Our Lives. I've been watching Days of Our Lives since I was 15 years old, and I just turned 50 in December. So that's 35 years. I um, enjoy Sammy and EJ on the story, or on the, the soap. Ejami is my absolute favorite, and I've been waiting for six years for those two to get together. Maybe I just always root for the bad guy. I don't know, but it seems to me like he's changing. I'm just glad that the writers have finally figured out that we the viewing audience would rather see Sammy and EJ fight with one another than we would see them um, make love with anyone else because there's more passion in their fights than there is with their love scenes with anyone else, and we really enjoy it. Thank you. Bye. We've received a lot of email regarding Days of Our Lives, Sammy and EJ, or EJammy, as the kids are calling them, I guess. Uh, before I mentioned, uh, before the clip played, they really are one of the most talked about couples and one of the most popular Days of Our Lives Two Scoops column in recent memory was called The Greatest Story Ever Told. It talked a lot about this couple. Larissa, who wrote that column, wanted to be here a couple of weeks ago, but we had you know wall-to-wall guests and couldn't fit her in and have it make sense. So I'm pleased to say that she's here with us today to talk about everything that she wanted to talk about and certainly to address what Patty said. So Larissa, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. Good to be here. I know that when I told you that we may have some time in a previous show to fill, you were back on the email within maybe 30 seconds telling me how much you wanted to talk about what was going on on Days of Our Lives. So let me turn over the mic to you to get out all of this excitement and all the good stuff that you wanted to talk about. Well, first of all, don't feel bad. Me having to wait two weeks, two weeks to talk about it is nothing compared to the six years that fans have had to wait for this. So if nothing else, um, EJ and Sammy fans are patient. We kind of have to learn how to be. But I think 
I think that the really cool thing about EJ and Sammy and, and how the show, show is handling them right now is that um, it's really kind of a credit to, I think, the fans of the couple because, to be realistic, EJ and Sammy have never been a couple before. I mean, they have one mm. child that was a product of rape and another child that um, they conceived, but literally at the same time, Sammy's jumping out of the bed, running after Lucas when he came home. They've never really... I mean, very much have been ships crashing into each other in the night. And so this time they have it set up, the show has it set up where there really aren't any secrets between the two of them. And, and it's kind of organic that they're coming together now. And there's nobody's blackmailing anybody, nobody's brainwashed, nobody's, <laughs> you know, ha- nobody has an evil twin. Nobody, <laughs> That's a none plus. Of that. it's, it's bizarre, but it's, it's really cool. And it's, it's something to say about the fans of this couple because they've stayed around for all these years because that doesn't happen very much in soaps anymore is that a couple is not together for so long and then fans still hang around for them. Of course, I say that my own mother is a Roman and Marlena fan and won't let that go. So (laughs) I guess there still are fans like that everywhere. Well, let's talk about this particular couple because obviously there are some unusual circumstances in their past reminiscent of some other couples in daytime i'm thinking luke and laura i'm Mm -hmm. thinking uh there's some others you know how can you in 2013 justify this as let's say a super couple or a couple to get behind when they really do have a history that is anything but amicable i mean they've had big highs and really really big lows well, because they're a super couple on a soap opera, and the thing that makes a super couple in- best is is that they're entertaining. So whether or not you like what EJ and Sammy have done to each other, I've never heard, and, and, I, and I hear a lot of feedback of people who don't like EJ and Sammy together. I don't mean to make it out like their fans are the best and their fans are the only ones out there, because that is not at all the case. But nobody has ever written in and said, EJ and Sammy completely bore me. I've That's never heard point. that feedback. You know, I've never heard somebody say, gosh, when they're on, I just doze off and try to stay awake. That's that's not the case. I mean, individually, these characters are so magnetic and so uh, in so much trouble when they're not um, orbiting each other that, you know, they they can't help but bring that together when they are when they are in the same storyline. Before we keep going on here, I want to make a mention. Uh, we had callers. We had two callers who were on who were in the queue and were waiting for them. Jamel, if you're listening or you, we saw that you dropped your call, certainly call back. I know that you want to talk about The Bull and the Beautiful. We'll be there in a couple of bits. But right now, before we talk a little bit more about this, I want to read some of this year's Dankies nominees Oh, good. For I'm so you. excited. I haven't heard any yet. I'm very excited about this. <laughs> well, this is, this is the announcement. Voting doesn't start until Monday, but these are our little sneak peeks. This is the benefits of having a live show. And I don't think you'll be surprised by any of these, but maybe you will. So let's go. The lead actor, Galen Gearing, Rafe, Peter Reckle, Bo, James Scott, EJ, and Chandler Massey, Will. Thoughts? I love that Chandler Massey is in that leading category. I, I, because, you know, when I voted, because I did vote, because all responsible citizens should be voters, <laughs> um, I thought, you know, when you look at lead and you think, okay, who was the main character in storylines this year? And he was one who jumped out as like, gosh, he was, I mean, he had so much with his coming out storyline and everything like that going around him. In 2012, that he was, 
she was a, a really a predominant male character, and I like that people aren't kind of, you know, thinking of him as, oh, well, he's the young consolation prize. So I think that's really cool. That's um, really important because I think that many times, particularly in the Emmys, I think that there's a belief that lead actor or an actress are reserved for the stars, you know, the names of the show, and everyone else who hasn't been with the show should automatically be in supporting actor or actress. And, I mean, there are times in the past there's historical sort of uh, – stuff that we can prove here that there have been young actors or actresses in Danke's nominations before. Um, this is the first time in a while, but again, you're absolutely right. When someone's driving story and you are one of the big characters and one of the big points of story, you kind of have to consider that that person is lead material. Well, and don't you think it's kind of interesting, too, that the same actor can be a lead one year and then be a very, very, very excellent supporting character the next year? I mean, I think of, like, Deidre Hall this year. Like, her performance in, um, you know, in Chandler Matthews' storyline was some of the best work I've seen from her in a while, but nobody would ever say, oh, Marlena's a supporting character on Days. But in this role, she was, and she was fantastic in it. Well, as a matter of fact, we have the nominees for lead actress on Days of Our Lives. Tony isn't here, but I'm sure we'll hear him scream in just about 30 seconds. <laughs> Eileen Davidson, Kristen. <laughs> Deidre Hall, Marlena. Allison Sweeney, Sammy. And Ariane Zucker, Nicole. Thoughts, comments, surprises? Um, I'm a little surprised by... Um I'm a little surprised that Deirdre Hall's in there. Um, I, I, I think she's great. I think that it's a little bit n not as the lead category. I think that um, Ariane Zucker did has has done a really good job of not only being the lead in her storyline, but dragging her storyline along. Um, <laughs> so I think she's the one that stands out for me. Okay. I mean, those are... The lead, we're going to post the entire ballot for the supporting and favorite characters and all that other craziness that we have. You know, we have some really serious categories like hottest male and hottest female star, uh, things that everybody can sort of get behind. Voting starts Monday. It'll be on Twitter and Facebook. You can find all the information and certainly over on SoapCentral.com. Let me reel back to our conversation before I snuck in some of this Dankies discussion. Is there anything else? I mean, your column was called The Greatest Story Ever Told. There seemed to be a lot of great stories that you were excited about for maybe the first time in a while. Everything just seems to be firing on full cylinders. Yeah, you know what? It really was. And that was kind of the whole point of the title was that, okay, it's great that EJ and Sammy um, are together and that better to that point, it's great that those fans finally got their payoff. But I thought that everything else and everything else still on the show is really working. I mean, like... Um, this the storyline with Will and Gabby and Nick and the baby. I mean, sometimes I want to strangle some of the characters next, but I am just I'm glued to that storyline. I think it's I think it's well done. I think everybody is doing a great job in it. I love that it's involving so many characters. I think that um, you know that kind of a broad storyline is not done as much anymore and isn't really as appreciated. And you know, it, it, as repetitive as it is. Um, you know, Chloe being in the story now with Daniel and Jennifer, she's at least finally somebody who makes sense. It never made sense to me back when Nicole was chasing after Daniel, and it really didn't make sense when Carly was trying to break up Daniel and Jennifer. But, you know, hey, third time's a charm, so maybe we're getting somewhere, you know? I, don't, I, I, I know that it's not the 
most favorite among all the fans, but at least now it's in a place where it makes a lot more sense and it works. And, you know, and then, of course, you have um, Tony's favorite, Miss Kristen, causing causing trouble all over the place, which, I mean, she's just fabulous all around. So it was, I, it was one of the... It was one of my most favorite weeks watching days since, you know, excluding Christmas, of course, because nobody beats days at Christmas. But it was one of my favorite weeks in a long time. And if anybody out there who is listening to the show has not had a chance to check out the column that we're talking about, just tweeted the link information on our Twitter feed, Soap Central Live. You can also go to SoapCentral.com slash days and navigate to our Two Scoops section. Every column that's ever been written since 2004, is there. You can check them out, read them, go back and, and remember, see if maybe you've mellowed over some of the things that you hated in the past. Who knows? You may still feel the same. You may want to send us an email and say, how could you like that story? It was crazy. Whatever. I'm sure you hear from a lot of people that have a lot of opinions. I do, I do, and I love it. I mean, like, because I'm just like everybody else. I watch a day sitting from my couch, and, you know, I don't have any inside information that that you know other people don't have so it's really great to hear feedback from everybody agree with us disagree with us we love it because um it's a good time to be watching days right now it's it's a good soap right now have to agree i mean there are some other soaps that aren't maybe doing as well but larissa i want to thank you for calling in for being able to uh, address what patty was saying for being here with some of the dankies nominations and i know that you will be back on the show sooner probably rather than later i will and mom and nana are still happy with days right now right because i know that your mom and nana are big days watchers my mother is uh my nana They've taken off SoapNet in her area, so she's not able to watch it. So I'm going to hook her up with a a TiVo device for her birthday so she'll be able to catch it when she's out and about in case she misses the show. Well, see, now that is good. That is good. That's a good grandson. (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you say so. She may have some other opinions, and maybe we'll have her on in a couple of weeks for the birthday show. She'll be back raring to go, I'm sure. Love it. Love it. Thanks for calling in, Larissa. All right. Thanks, Dan. We are going to transition from days where you heard that a lot of people are very excited about what's going on. There are some things on another soap that maybe people are not quite thrilled with. We have Jamel waiting to talk about the bold and the beautiful. I can only imagine that there's going to be some discussion about the leffy and lope. <laughs> Let's find out. Jamel, welcome to Soap, uh, Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. How are you? How are you? I love your show and I love following you on Twitter. Oh, well. Uh, I'm hopefully I can entertain. I'm not exactly the most exciting person, but I find things to tweet every now and again. So well, sort I of just like that you. <clears throat> excuse me. I just like that you. You obviously love soaps, and I, I love soaps. So I just like following you, and and I love your show. Well, thank you. I'm glad that you enjoy the Twitter. I'm glad that you enjoy the show. I'm certainly glad that you <laughs> called in. I know you want to okay. talk about the bold and the beautiful. So, I mean, what? I was yeah, I was going to say I watch all the shows, but okay. you know, I, I guess we have to limit it to one because that all. Have to, but let's let's start with B and B and work our way from there. Oh, okay. Thank you. That's a. I feel privileged because I mean, <laughs> some you know some of the other callers what they were saying. I just said, oh, I was sort of itching. I said, let me just sort of because there were some things I didn't agree. With, but the bold and beautiful, I'll start with them. All right. Okay. Um, okay. First off, I guess there's just a comment. One thing I felt happened with, I think two years ago, but they just sort of skipped, they skipped over a certain part of the um, cast and they went younger. Now I know that the, the, um, one of the producers came out and said, oh, well, this is for the demographic and we need to do this, but I didn't agree with that because I was thinking about when Felicia was there and, you know, she did a wonderful acting, the, the lady from, um, as the word turns, Lisa Kay. 
and she was going toe to toe with Susan Flannery, which is unheard of. You know, she was doing this thing, and then no, Susan's gone. But she was doing something really good when she was going up against Donna, and when she was slapping people and scheming. And I think that they missed opportunity, to, but not having her in there doing things with um with Heather Tom. I think her and Heather Tom would have been just over the top. I think they would have been sexy, quite frankly, together. I think they would have just had such an energy, and they I think they missed it. But since we have Steffi and Liam and Hope, which I'm sort of a little bit tired of. Um, because it's just it's too much. I'm, I I was excited. First of all, I'm, I love the way that the actress who plays Steffi is doing it because um, she sort of wheeled it back. She wasn't the seductress. She wasn't doing all this kind of stuff. She got hurt. She got she she was real. You know, she was saying to Liam, "Look, I, I you've hurt me. You've done these things," and I didn't feel like she made a forced move. I think that the um, characters of Brooke and Hope is trying to say, "Look, she's still manipulating." But as a viewer, you can see this woman is just sort of like broken open. She, her father is gone, and her grandma has died. Her brother is just in, you know is really going through it. Her mother's gone, so she's really gotten like these sort of whammy. Now she's gone, become a mom. So I really think the way that. I, I forget her name, Jacqueline. I forgot her last name, but the way she's been playing it has been heartbreaking, quite frankly. I've been really moved by her performance. Let me and, ask you a question. I don't know yes. if you were able to hear in the last discussion with Larissa when we were talking about Days of Our Lives, we were mentioning yes. that you know one of the factors, if you are on screen, in story, all the time, you sort of have to be considered that you are a lead actor or lead actress, depending upon... Uh, you know, your gender at the time yeah. or, or whatever in general, would you expect, because we're going to announce them in a couple of bits, would you expect to see uh, Liam, Steffi, Hope, would you think that they would be nominated in the lead actor and lead actress categories? Ooh. <laughs> I, don't, I think that, well, if it was me doing it, I would not, even though I love Steffi. I, I actually love Hope and and. And other, I can forget their names, but I, I love those the way they act. They're a beautiful actor, but I wouldn't. I think that what I think back to is um, the, the gold standard, which is Tony Gary from General Hospital. Mm-hmm. He goes away, you know, he did such a, a couple of years ago, he did that thing where he had accidentally, you know, killed the child. And he was there for like uh, a couple of weeks and did this wonderful, I mean, gut-wrenching performance. He wasn't there the whole year to, to drive the story. And most of the time he's not there, but he comes in, he does fantastic over the top work and he gets these wonderful nominations for being lead and I think that's sort of and I think this year would have been Susan Flaherty and also um, Heather Tom and I think with them I think more of what they were giving up and what they were doing especially Heather um, again I don't love her character but what she did with the depression and the, everything that happened at the baby was again very moving very moving so I think with them would be, be more appropriate um, for me the time that you have on screen that might not you know, it really doesn't sort of translate to how I'm affected as a viewer. And I guess how, but maybe just different, you know, for the voting for the Emmys or, or for different awards. It might be different, you know, for the time. But I think for me, if you affect me and you're really doing something and you're doing whatever based on how you are on the show, I, I would do it that way. Well, we're going to announce the nominees for this year's SoapCentral.com awards for The Bold and the Beautiful coming up. But I realize that we have to take a quick commercial here, so I'm going to have oh, to let you go, Jamel, and we'll Hopefully. maybe okay, we'll... Do you have, you yeah. said you have one more thing to say? Go ahead and share it with us. Oh, good. I, I thought I was cut off. No, I was going to say General Hospital. Um, Connie, the, Connie Kate, the woman, now she, when she came on, I wasn't sure about her, but, but then um, the back and forth that she was doing, it really got me this year, the whole year, the whole thing, the, everything that she's been doing got me, but now I'm sort of getting tired of the of the 
progression that the character has taken. But that actress who plays this character, Kelly it's Sullivan. Hard, yeah, it's hard to go up against Maurice Bernard and Laura Wright and all those fantastic people, and even the woman, the goddess who plays Tracy Quartermain, and do and hold your own. She's been doing it, and I think at first I didn't buy it because if you're not Erica Slayzak, you don't get my vote. But she's been doing crazy uh, out of all the daytime. She's just been. She's been almost nude. She's been, she's, oh, it's been crazy. It's been outrageous. This, this woman and daytime. And so I'm, I just want them to wrap it up. I really do. Cause I, it's, it's getting old, but she's been doing, I can't even give her enough awards. She's been doing over the top work over there. And that's all I wanted to say with that character. You know, she's really been just bringing it. I, I've been shocked and moved in tears and every one to strangle her one day and one to hug her. And she's been, and I'm not really a general <laughs> hospital, I'm not really a general hospital loyalist. I mean, my, my girl is Robin Christopher, and I hope that everybody who listens can drag her out of hiding and put on one of these wonder, you know, wonderful call-in shows I can talk to. Cause I love this every, you know, every time. But this lady, she's, and every time I turn it to ABC, I, she just, she catches me. She really, she gets me. And I'm not really a general hospital person like that, but she got me. Well, really you mentioned was. you want them to wrap up the story. Unfortunately, we have to wrap up this segment. Stay tuned, everybody, because we're going to be back in about two minutes with more of Soap Central Live. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? For 15 years, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. Every day, SoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. Take a sneak peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll be able to know who slept with who and who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmys, and much more. Whether you watch The Young and the Restless, General Hospital, All My Children, or any of the other soaps, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. When you look at something that's been designed, whether it's clothing, architecture, or a work of art, do you stop and wonder about the inspiration and thought process that went into the design? Tune in to Dishing the Dirt on Design with hosts Ann Asher and Eleanor Schrader-Shapa. We'll take the mystery out of the creation process, along with revealing the backstory from art to fashion to travel and so much more. Listen to Dishing the Dirt on Design every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in today with Soap Central Live starring Dan J. Kroll. Do you have a question, a comment, or you just want to dish? Please call in at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. 
or drop a line to radio at soapcentral.com. Now, back to our stories. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Soap Central Live. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. This is our call-in show for February. If you want to talk about your favorite soaps, give us a call. There's still time, 866-472-5788. We're also announcing this year's SoapCentral.com awards nominees. And I found that one of our columnists, Allison J. Waldman, was sitting at home in a sequin gown, so I figured... Why not have her come on and help me announce some of this year's nominees for The Bold and the Beautiful? Allison, welcome back to Soap Central Live. Hi, Dan. You should see my shoes. <laughs> so everyone is imagining that you're wearing uh, an amazingly festive uh, sequined gown. I'm sure it's by a top designer. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> let me tell you some of this year's nominees for The Bold and the Beautiful and get your, your thoughts. Normally there are four nominees, but there are only three for lead actor for B&B. Don Diamant. Bill, John McCook, Eric, and Ron Moss, who plays Ridge. Those are your three nominees. I don't really think that there are any surprises in that. Well, I guess the only surprise, and that would sort of relate back to what you were talking about in the previous segment, which is uh, should uh, uh, Scott Clifton be considered a lead actor since he's getting so much airtime as Liam? Exactly. You know, uh, is he simply being relegated to younger actor or supporting actor because of his age? That's sort of what I was thinking. I mean, there's been a lot of discussion between uh, even actors on the soaps who are talking about it, but among fans, that if you're on screen 75% of the time, whether you're 20 or you're 120, you're lead. I mean, you have to be lead if you're the star of the storyline. Yeah, I mean, it certainly doesn't make a difference with the Oscars. I mean, with this year, they've got an eight-year-old girl nominated for Best Actress and an 86-year-old woman in the same category. Well, that's an interesting... I, I don't think that the nominees for Lead Actress are really a surprise, considering, uh, and again, there are only four spots. So here are this year's nominees for The Bold and Beautiful's Lead Actress. No surprise here, Susan Flannery, Stephanie, Catherine Kelly Lang, Brooke, Heather Tom... Katie, and Hunter Tylo as Taylor. Yeah, I think that, again, if you're going to exclude, uh, if you're going to exclude, uh, you know, the uh, Jack with the Canis and uh, what's what's the name, Matula? Uh, Kimberly. Yeah, if, if you're going to include, just, you know, just discount them because of their age, they're not going to get included. Uh, so, I mean, I think that one's a really tough one because, I mean, it would be really hard to imagine that Susan Flannery's not going to get the nomination and have a damn good shot at winning again. I w- would definitely think so. I will tell everyone we're, we're not announcing the supporting categories, but all three of the folks who we just mentioned, Scott Clifton, uh, Jacqueline McInnes-Wood, and Kimberly Matula, all have received nominations in supporting. But, Allison, you know that we're also playing, in addition to taking calls, we're playing some of the feedback that people have left on our caller line. And there's one in particular that was directed at you in oh one of gosh, your recent okay. columns. So we're going to queue up some of these clips, and then we'll talk about them afterwards. So let's take a listen to some of our caller feedback for The Bold and the Beautiful. Hi, my name is Stella Ty. I'm calling from Texas, and my favorite couple is going to be Liam and Steffi. Um, I think they are a wonderful couple, and it's kind of nerve-wracking to know that Hope is not letting go and it drives me crazy to see her keep coming back. She needs to leave Liam and Steffi alone. Thank you. Hi, my name is Gloria. I'm calling from Texas, and my comment is for Bold and the Beautiful. I have I TiVo it every day, 
and I cannot watch it. I haven't watched it uh, for this week, and I'm not going to watch it until maybe next week because I can't understand the way they're writing this um, this triangle between uh, Hope and Liam and Steffi. I just can't stand it. And I know that if he chooses Hope, I will be stopped watching it for good because I just can't take it anymore. So I just wanted to leave that comment. I really hope that they finally make a decision and stick to it, but I can't watch it if he chooses Hope. Hi, my name is L.M. I have been watching Bowling Beautiful since its inception. This year, well, actually the last two years have been the worst storylines, with the exception of the Stephanie's death scenario. That was excellent, even though I really hated to see Stephanie leave. I think this whole Hope and Steffi triangle is really getting old. I mean, it is boring. It is tiring. We are tired of looking at children go back and forth over and over and over and over again. This has been going on for two years. Please, please rest Curtis Soap. I would hate to stop watching it. Thank you. Hi there. My name is Sally Daniels. I'm actually the CEO and president of my own company. I do love Bold and the Beautiful. I watch it in between being the head of my company, believe it or not. In any event, I just wanted to give you feedback that I just absolutely love the fact that Liam uh, in Bold and the Beautiful had to kick Steffi out yesterday. Good news. Hopefully, there's a future for the reunification of Hope and Liam. We would like that to happen as soon as possible because we think they belong together. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hi, my name is Jessica, and I'm calling from Washington State. I am calling in regard to the article, The Bold and the Broken, by Allison Waldman. I have to say I totally agree. I am so tired of... Steffi, Liam, and Hope. And is everybody forgetting that Hope was engaged to Liam and Steffi was the one who basically stole him from her? I'm just so tired of it. He needs to either choose or choose somebody else or go off completely. I liked his character, but now he's just too much of a waffler. Anyways, uh, Taylor pretty much has flipped her lid and it's disgusting watching her and Eric make out. I mean, please, yuck. Anyway, that's about it for me. I don't know how much longer I'll be watching B&B. Thanks. It seems to me, Allison, that it is 50-50 down the middle. There are Team Leffy and Team Lope, there is no agreement. There is no middle ground. You either like one or the other. Um, I'm guessing this is what you're hearing from the oh feedback that God. you get from yeah. your column. You know, it's, it's amazing to me. First of all, I, I love hearing the passion in these fans. <laughs> Even the ones that claim they're going to stop watching, they don't stop watching. No. They're going to keep on watching until they get the, the solution that they want. But uh, I... I find it absolutely amazing, Dan, that, you know, when I write my Two Scoops column, I am often accused of being a Logan lover and an anti-Taylor person, that I'm rooting against Steffi, that I'm rooting for Hope. I'm not rooting for anybody. 
I am so down the middle on this. I really <laughs> try to be like Switzerland. And no matter what I write, I still seem to incite both sides to think that I'm, you know, rooting one way or the other. And if there's one thing that I have been consistent about, and I think this is coming through in some of these comments, is the most frustrating thing about the triangle is that uh, the way Brad Bell has written this, Liam simply doesn't make a decision. He just reacts and watches and does nothing. Even as of today, when all this, you know, like he was, was he on the verge of marrying Hope? in the outdoor wedding, or was he not going to marry Hope? And then is he going to stay with Steffi because Steffi's pregnant now, or is he not? He just looks. He just stares at the camera. It is the most infuriating acting assignment for Scott. I mean, it's got to be crazy for Scott Clifton because he just can't assert himself. The character is just, you know, a, a sponge. He just keeps listening to Hope tell him stuff. He listens to Steffi tell him stuff. He listens to Taylor. He listens to Bill. He listens to Brooke. Everybody just bombards him with information, and this guy never seems to come to a decision. Well, we have. Uh, I want to make sure that we don't run out of time because I know that we have another caller on the line who wants to talk about the bold and the beautiful. We have sure. Justin from California who's going to join us. Justin, welcome to Soap Central Live. Hi, Ben. Thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me. Hi, I'm Absolutely. Good. Thank you. Uh, the reason why I'm calling is, um, okay, in speaking of awards and the Bold and the Beautiful, um, as you know, you posted a list of qualified performers who are yes. to be nominated for a Daytime Emmy. Uh, what do you think of Catherine Kelly Lang, who has never been nominated, as you know, submitting herself in supporting actress category this year? What do you think are her chances of finally receiving an Emmy nomination? You know, I don't almost don't want to answer that, Justin. Uh, I may force Allison to do it. For me, there have been three times, I want to say, in maybe the past five years that I was absolutely certain she would get a nomination. I even believe that I wrote that she would get a nomination. And as it turns out, as you said, she's yet to get a daytime Emmy nomination. So I'm not going to jinx her. Um, <laughs> I mean, certainly you can, you can make the argument both ways. Allison, what are you thinking? Do you think that? Yeah, I, I think there's, uh, I think she actually suffers a little bit from the, uh, the blonde bimbo syndrome. You know, she started out 25 years ago, 26 years ago on this show as a beautiful young woman, uh, who had not a lot of acting experience. And I think she's always dragged around that sort of, uh, uh, label. And so even when she's grown into the role and has gotten much better as an actress, I agree with you wholeheartedly, Dan, that in the last couple of years she's definitely deserved a nomination. Uh, she's still relegated to being considered the pretty woman, not the great actress. And I think a lot of the scenes with her and Susan Flannery were mm -hmm. meant to showcase Susan as well as Catherine Kelly Lang. And unfortunately, the Academy doesn't see it that way. I think, Justin, too, one of the things that you can make as a parallel is that there are folks who are wondering if Susan Lucci's many nominations, at some point in time, people weren't just nominating her because they were familiar with her name. Uh, you know, there was there were some people who say that people were just nominating because they thought it was funny that she wasn't winning, which I think is the most horrible thing you can do to someone. Uh, you know, and then she finally won. So, I mean, there is something to be said 
for that, we're getting nominated, 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 not winning. And then for Catherine Kelly Lang, who should have been nominated several times over by now for, uh, you know, certain things. There was a, a rape storyline a couple of years ago oh, yeah. where I just assumed that she was going to be nominated and she wasn't. You know, I don't know what people look for when they're voting. Uh, you know, do they look for the crazy over the top storylines? Do they look for simplistic real emotion? I don't know what they're looking for. So that's always the challenge on this one, Justin. I completely agree with both of you. I mean, when you think about it, I agree with Dan about the last five years. I felt like, you know, she was finally going to receive an Emmy nomination. But I felt like Susan Flannery instead got the lone nomination for B&B. Um, and I also agree with you, too, Allison, about, you know, how she was characterized in the beginning uh, 25 years ago. Um, and I finally hope that the voters will finally see that she's grown into the character and finally get a nomination. You know, just like for other actresses like Laura Wright, um, she was, you know, she played Carly and she didn't receive a nomination until Absolutely. 2011. And, you know, the other Carly, you know, Tamara Brown and Sarah, or excuse me, Tamara Brown and Sarah Brown, they obviously got their nomination. So, and Laura finally won two years ago. So, you know, I don't want to jinx it either, but I'm really hoping that Catherine gets a supporting actress nomination. Yeah, you know, so. and another thing, Justin, else, I mean, I think you make a good point, or Dan made a good point. There's a certain reputation that also goes along with this. I mean, Heather Tom has a reputation of being a wonderful actress, mm-hmm. and even in years when she hasn't had a lot of storyline, she still always, uh, the Academy always seems to look at her Emmy reel with a uh, more critical eye because they know she's such a good actress. And they give her, many times, I think, the benefit of the doubt. Whether the storyline was good, whether her acting was superb, they just love her. So that works in her favor. And thank you for your call, Justin. Uh, I see that we're running out of time. We have a couple of more nominations to announce. But I want to quick go on something that uh, Allison just said. That's one of the biggest cries for Emmy reform you know, over the years, they've changed it. It used to be uh, a totally different way, and there was block voting, and shows could control the vote to get their certain performers nominated. I think that this, if anything, is one of the reasons why there should be maybe the media involved in this. There should be another pool, because I think that just because you're familiar with someone doesn't necessarily mean that you should nominate them. And you mentioned the Oscars as well. There have been plenty of situations where people have received an Oscar nomination and won in a year where they were thought to have had a better chance in a previous year. Someone like a, a Denzel Washington, where the first year that he was nominated, he was considered to be some of his best material. He didn't win, and then he was nominated later. You know, And sometimes people feel that they need to give these wins to people because they screwed up and didn't give it to them when they really deserved it. Exactly, exactly. And I agree with you totally, Dan, because you know one of the things about the, uh, the reason that I think the media or even the, the public in some way should be involved in the daytime Emmys, is you're talking about, you know, over 200 shows a year. Most of the Emmy voters don't watch it every day, but the fans do, and most of the media that covers the soaps do. So we're in a position to know a lot more about what those performances are like day in and day out, as opposed to somebody who's just watching an out-of-context Emmy reel uh, in a Blue Ribbon Ribbon panel. 
And that's why the SoapCentral.com Dankies Awards are so special. It's because everything about them is voted on by the fans. From the nominations to the final winners, we have no say in this. You cast your votes. We count the votes. We plop everything on the ballot. And as I mentioned, we have some other soaps. So, Allison, hang tight for one quick second here. I want to make sure that I let people know that our General Hospital nominees this year for lead actor, Maurice Bernard, Sonny, Steve Burton, Jason, a surprise here, Roger Howarth, Todd, Mm -hmm. Jason Thompson, Patrick. Our lead actress, Fanola Hughes, Anna, Kelly Monaco, Sam, Kelly Sullivan, Kate and Connie, and Laura Wright plays Carly. So... The only surprise for me is Roger Howarth, only because, not that he doesn't deserve it, but you so think of him as being one life to live that it's sort of hard to hear that he's nominated for General Hospital since it's, you know, the new soap that he's been transferred over to. Yeah, but he's such a standout performer, and that character is so dynamic that you can kind of understand how he uh, snagged a nomination. Well, he didn't just snag one because our lead actor nominations for One Life to Live, ah. Michael Easton, John, Roger Howarth, Todd, Jerry Verdorn, Clint, Robert S. Woods, Bo. And the lead actress nominees are Cassie DePaiva, Blair, Florencia Lozano, Taya, Erica Slazak, Vicky, and Brie Williamson, Jessica, in her many alters. So those are all of this year's lead actor and actress nominees. Uh, just quickly, because I see we only have about a minute and a half before I have to close up. Any big surprises for you there? Not for me. I mean, that's the that's pretty much the, uh, the, the, the cream of the crop when you talk about One Life to Live in General Hospital. Uh, I think uh, Kelly Sullivan might have a really good shot at it because of Connie and... Uh, and Kate, she has been quite dynamic, as the other caller said. I will say that we mentioned it for the young and the rest of the Eric Braden for a general hospital for the first time in, I believe, ever since we've been doing the SoapCentral.com Awards. Tony Geary was not nominated. Wow, that is that is shocking. But you know what? He didn't really have a great standout performance this year. But it's still, I mean, you're talking about sometimes people are nominated just for the sake of being nominated because people recognize them. I mean, if that were going to happen, it's just still a surprise that he's not there. Yeah. Now, on The Young and the Restless, was was Jeannie Francis nominated by any chance? Uh, Well, perhaps not in the lead category, but there are the supporting categories that will be posted online. I love the way that you're setting this up for the promotion. Thank you, Allison. (laughs) All of the ballots will be posted Monday. They're actually going to be posted late Sunday night, but the official voting starts on Monday. You can check us out on our Facebook page, Soap Central. You can check us out at SoapCentral.com on Twitter. And we'll have all of the information there. Uh, while we have a minute here, I also want to thank everybody who called in to be a part of today's show, whether you called in live or left a message on our 24-7 caller feedback line. As I mentioned, I would give you the number. It's 267-341-7627. 267-341-7627. That's the number you can call any time of day when something hits you that you want to talk about your favorite soaps or maybe your best friend isn't around to take your call. Call us. Leave the information on our caller feedback line and we will definitely do our best to have your call played in a future episode of Soap Central Live. And if you've missed any part of our show today, of course, you can head over to SoapCentral.com slash radio and listen to any episode that we've broadcast since January 2011. 
or 2010 actually, it's completely free to listen to. You can listen to any ep- uh, episode from anywhere that you can get an internet connection. Now, coming up on March 8th, General Hospital's Jackie Zeman will be here for our annual birthday celebration. On March 22nd, we have a very top-secret star-studded show that I know nothing about. Hopefully, I will at some point in time. But up first, coming up next week, it's a look at the first week of taping on the relaunch of All My Children. You're definitely not going to want to miss that show. We'll have Jeff Dockweiler back to talk about some of the behind-the-scenes stuff from the world of soaps. We'll also have Danielle Parker, who played Emma Lavery on All My Children. That's next week, Friday, March 1st, live at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. I hope that you'll join me then for another episode in the continuing saga of Soap Central Live. Have a great week, everybody. Join us next time for the continuing story of all your favorite soaps. Tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition of Soap Central Live on the Voice America Variety Channel.